Pastor. Not quite halfway over. I got a lot of pages here. So. But, uh, do you mind if I um, preach on what the Lord has been dealing with me on tonight? Because uh, sometimes I, you know, what is what, Lord? What do you want to say to the people? You know, this time, no, I'm, I, I want to say something to you. So and that's what I have tonight. Um, Majority of where I'm going to be is in Romans chapter 8, so you can just turn it to Romans chapter 8, put your finger there. But i got a couple of other verses that I want to read first. Um, starting with Psalm 119. Psalm 119 in verse 1, starting at verse um, 129. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. The unfolding of thy word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me after thy manner with those who love thy name. Establish my footsteps in the word, and do not let iniquity have a dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep thy precepts. Make thy face shine upon thy servant and teach me thy statutes my eyes shed streams of water because they do not keep thy law lord i just thank you lord for the privilege of of seeing things in your word of, of you opening my eyes to things lord and just lord that i have access lord lord to some of your thoughts lord that i could even be privileged enough to to see them lord we just ask you, Lord, tonight, Lord, that you will just anoint me, Lord, to do what I cannot do in myself, Lord. Lord, and that is give the word of God to the people here, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you will just anoint me, Lord, as I speak it, Lord. Pray you will open up the hearts, Lord, of the people, Lord, to hear it, Lord. And you speak to them, Lord. Speak to their hearts, Lord. Lord, by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. Now, we just had a testimony service, and this word testimony is not quite, you know, just giving thanks. It is, it is what God observes to be right. It is his law. It is his solemn charges that he, this is what he means by the testimonies. I've been dealing a lot, you know, Lord's been, been dealing with me about, you know, the law versus walking in the spirit. You know, because I find it a lot easier to walk when somebody just tells me what to do and I could just go do it. You know, just here, here's a list, you know, right there, you go do those things, and it's just a lot easier for me. You know, I don't know if anybody else is like that. I'm like that. You know, but I, as I read this psalm, and I'm not sure if David wrote this psalm. There's no author that's assigned to, to Psalm 119 that I know of anyway. But I find this, I find myself this psalm echoing in my heart, that I love the things of the Lord. I love his statutes. I love his testimonies. But then we get to the, to the, one, the 134 verse, and it says, Redeem me from the oppression of man. Now, I'm not sure if this is really what he means, but as I'm looking at it, I'm, there's no oppression of man that's going to keep him from doing the things of the Lord from doing the commandments of the Lord. But I think what he's alluding to here, and you can kind of see it in, in verse 136, my, my, eyes sh my eyes shed streams of water because they do not 
keep thy law because there is something in me that as much as I love the Lord, as much as I love his things, there is something in me that does not love his things, that wants to walk away from his things, that wants to do his own thing. And no matter what I put in front of me, no matter what commandment that I obey, no matter what law that I follow, no no matter what box that I check, it doesn't seem to help that man inside of me. It doesn't seem to change him. There is a redemption that needs to happen that does not happen just by simply obeying a law. There's this debate, you know, I tried to look up, you know, I, I like to, to research some things, and I started to research, you know, what is law? Why does man make law? That It's a really long subject. You know, people spend years going over it. Um, and I don't know really when it comes to law, what comes first? Does law make somebody moral, or do moral people make law? And if moral people make law, then what do they need law for? Is that kind of following me here? It's just this loop here. But the Lord lays down these commandments, and they are to lead us in a certain direction. All law is really meant to do that when you think about that. It's meant to enact a certain behavior in people, try to get people to do a certain thing or not do a certain thing, you know, for, for a purpose. And until a person really understands that purpose, we don't really know why. Why is it that we can't speed? You know, why is that against the law? People just do it anyway. So why is that something that, that what are we trying to, to help there? But it's just something that inside of me, I wonder sometimes, you know, what, why is it so inadequate? Why can't the Lord just give me a set of things to do and it change me, but it can't change me? And I think, I think we're all in the same boat here. I don't think I'm just preaching myself, right? That, that there's an a- inadequacy in the law. In fact, in Romans chapter 7 and verse 20, 21, Paul says, I find then that the law, that then the law, when I desire to do right, that evil is present within me. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and taking me captive by the law of sin being in my members. He's observing, Paul here is observing something that's been observed way back in the psalm, that although I love the things of the Lord, although I want to do, I want to serve him and obey him, there is something in me that just fights against it. And there is nothing that I can do to stop it. That the law does not make me into a new person, does not redeem me, as the psalmist says. It does not redeem him into into being something else. There is such a limitation to what law can do. You know, and so what do we, you know, I was thinking about, you know, California law. What does California law do? It's, it's a compulsive law that tries to get you to be a certain person and try to, try to, to come down upon you to do a certain thing. And you, then we get to Oklahoma, and there's not as many laws. And then I'm like, well, some of those laws in California I liked, like the law of paying road taxes so I'm not running into potholes all the time, you know. But there are laws that I do like, like the freedom to just bear arms. But with that law, that lacks of that law, comes some dangers to that. But law can never make a man moral. It can never, in and of itself, change who we are inside. It is limited in that. 
And so what is it that the Lord is trying to do in us? So I looked at this verse in John chapter, chapter 10, verse 14 and 16. It says, I am the good shepherd and, shepherd and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep which are not of this fold, and I must bring them also. And they hear my voice, and they shall become my flock with one shepherd. Then let's skip over to Matthew chapter, I know I'm jumping here, but I got them all written down. But in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 33, it says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate them, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put sheep on his right and goats on his left. So now hold that thought here about sheep and goats. Because what, and let's just get back to law here. Law, all it is, is a boundary that somebody has made for us. Whether it be a boundary that we can live in. You can't go past this certain point. And a boundary is nothing but a fence. To really simplify it down. Follow me here, I'm going someplace. There is no Law, there is no boundary, there is no fencing that will ever make a sheep into a goat or a goat into a sheep. You, you don't have the same fencing for sheep as you do goats because I was looking at this. I was watching this. I have a dream of owning, you know, a goat ranch one time, you know, just pipe dream that I have. So I watched that stuff. I, you know, I was watching how they do sheep, and they just put on this, this one strand of electric fence, and it's actually not even very strong because sheep in their nature don't really want to go outside the boundary. They just kind of stay where they want to go. But a goat will fight against anything that you put up. I didn't know this, but goats are not what they call uh, pain responsive. I didn't know this. But when they receive pain from an electric fence, they see it as a challenge. And they go, and so you got to have a really hot fence. When they get against barbed wire, they're, and if you've ever seen a goat stick his head through a fence, you know what I'm talking about. It's, and this is the dilemma that we have, is that although I am trying to stay in these boundaries, although I'm trying to do what's right by the Lord, I know that inside I'm a goat. I'm not a sheep. And that no fencing that gets put up could possibly make me into something that I'm not. But the hope is that I could get there someday. That I could get there. Are we following me here? In Romans 8, 22 and 23, it says, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons and the redemption of our body. What I'm waiting for, what I, what I struggle with, is I'm waiting for a time when I don't have to deal with this guy anymore. Does anybody else struggle with that? That no that. After this sermon, I'm going to preach this sermon. We're going to all go back to our homes, and I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to have to fight against the same guy that I fought with the day before. 
And no matter how many church services I come to, no matter what rules or boundaries I set in my household, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to see a goat there, standing, looking right back at me. I'm going to see him and I'm going to have to fight against him again and again and again every day. And this is what Paul's frustrated with, is that no matter what he does, he gets up and, he, and his body is groaning. When is this going to be over? When am I not going to have to do this anymore? And this is, like I said before, and this is what all the Old Testament guys that, were, that loved the Lord, that loved his commandments, understood that this is not enough. This can't be it. This can't be enough because what I need is I need to be different than what I am right now. I need to go beyond what I am. I need to be redeemed. I need to be different. I need to be changed. No boundary, no fence, no custom, no religious duty in itself will ever make a goat a sheep. And yet this is what people in churches are trying to do all over the world. They are trying, if we could just set up the right fencing, if I could just set up the right customs, if we could just do the right thing, we could just be baptized in, this, in a certain way, if I could just speak a certain tongue, then it's going to make me from a goat into a sheep, and it's not going to happen. We could call it something else, but it's all the same. It's just a different law. It's just a different boundary. It's just a different fence, and no fencing, no boundary, no law could ever change us into what we need to be. And this is what is so frustrating with Paul. In Galatians 3, 1, verse 3, he says, you, actually, 1 through 3, it says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly, publicly portrayed and crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish Having begun in the spirit, you are now being perfected in the flesh. That now us have such an opportunity to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, to be redeemed by him. Why would we want to go back to something that everybody knew that we read in the Old Testament? Even Paul testifies to was inadequate. It's inadequate to make us what God wants us to be. Amen. In Romans chapter, chapter 8, verse 30, But whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. But whom he justified, those he also glorified. Now, I was looking at this word because I, I get a little, a little hesitant when I see the word predestined in the Bible. But it's there. I just read it. And this word, it does... it. It's harismo, which is boundary, but it is a before boundary. It's pro, it's before. God has set up this boundary, but it's a different kind of boundary. God established a boundary before that we are to walk in, and that boundary was set up from the beginning. But this boundary isn't a fence. It's not a, a law. It's not another custom that we do. It is a living voice that we hear. And this is where Jesus talks. This is why I read in John that Jesus' sheep hear his voice. This is what we have to learn to hear. This is the boundary that, that was intended from the beginning. 
was not a custom, was not a duty, was not a church service, but a voice, a living voice that commands us directly. It's what the Old Testament prophets were searching for, that voice that we can hear, that God that we can know, that God that can direct us, can teach us how to be more than what we are, that he can glorify us, that he can glorify us by his word. Amen? Now, this way does not change for anybody. It's a decision that we have to make. It's not just something we stumble into, but it's a process of, that we walk through. He calls us by his voice, and he justifies us by forgiving us of our sins. But we don't stop there. And this is where a lot of churches have stopped, is they've heard the call, they've come for forgiveness, but then when it comes to the glorification process, we stop. And why is that? Because the glorification process is the destination. But glorification is making us into something valuable. That is what the word glorify means. When I glorify God, I'm recognizing the value of God. I am recognizing and I'm assigning him true value that he has. So how does God glorify man? By making us into something valuable. That is, but that is a process. How did, how did God glorify his son by a lot of, of hard process. And that is the same process that we have to go through. And we are afraid to go through because in our hearts, we don't really want to change. We like who we are. We like, there's something in us that just kind of likes doing what we're doing. And it's so much easier for us to follow a law because no matter how tight that law is, no matter how tight that boundary is, there's still room for your opinion in there. There's still room for my own personality in there. There's still room for my own identity in there, in law. But when there's a voice, when I, when I answer the call of God, then I begin this process of, of being less of me and being more like him by his voice and by his changing power. Amen? Amen. But many are called and few are chosen. Many are called and few are chosen. Many are called towards this glorification process, but few choose it because of what I just said. Now, chosen is just, it's not the predestination chosen that God is going about and he's, he's deciding who's, who's going to succeed and who's not. It's that those who answer the call and those who receive him, he, he separates them out. Amen? glorification, the ascribing of true value, the process that Christ puts us through to take us from being goats into being children of God. Because his voice is my law, and his prompting is my prohibition. His voice sets the boundaries for me. His voice sets the path for me. And constantly the Lord will take me through, will take me and others from pasture to pasture, and will take us from glory to glory. And that, that path doesn't stay the same all the time. I think we could, could witness to that because here we are in, in Oklahoma. Took us here. In Psalm 23, verse 1 through 6, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. 
and he restores my soul. It is to be led by a shepherd now instead of by a law. It's to be shepherded. It's to be cared for. It's to be it's to have a rabbi. It's to have one walking with us now instead of just looking at a blank law and trying to, to be changed by it. Amen? David is looking, to, is looking to walk with the lawgiver, not just by the law. Because we have all f- sinned and fallen short of God. So what's going to help us, what's going to lift us out of that situation? More restrictions? More law? No. Only by the voice, by the living voice of God. Amen. How can I please God my own way? It is impossible. I can only please God his way. And the only way that I can, that I can do it his way is if I heed his voice. And so I just encourage you tonight in Romans chapter, and I'm ending here, in Romans chapter uh, 22 and verse 20, in Romans chapter 8, verse 22 and through 24, it says, we know that, actually, I think I just did that. Um, we know, I'm going to read a little bit that I read before, but it says, that creation groans together and travails together until now, and not only so, but we ourselves, even having the first fruit of the Spirit, also groan ourselves in ourselves, awaiting the divine adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in this hope we are saved. But the hope being seen is not hope, for it does anyone hope for what is seen. But if we hope for what we do not see, we await with patience. We are awaiting the glorification and the transformation process of God. And he is continually doing it. It's not something that we're just waiting for that's going to happen when we, when we get to heaven. It's a process that's happening right now. It's a process that the Lord is taking us through right now. And he helps us. He intercedes for us. In, in tw- verse 27, but the one searching the hearts knows what the mind of, of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to God. And this intercession is an intercession in the sense that he's getting between us and God because I can't talk to God. It's an intercession in that God is bending down and coming down to us to help us in this process, to change us, to help us, to 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 come in in our weakness because of that guy that's still living in us because of that weakness that still hinders us he comes and helps us in that he comes and helps us in this process amen and so then we get to verse 28 which it says but we know that all things work together for good for those who love god and to those who are called according to his purpose his good purpose is to change us that's the good purpose Good purpose isn't that he takes all the bad things that we did and puts it in a, in a batch and makes something really, really good at it, out of it. It's that through all the good, through all the bad, through all the ups and through all the downs, by his spirit, by his voice, he takes us into and makes us into something that he, that he calls valuable. Amen. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking to become. Amen. Amen. Amen, Pastor.